Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sickman. With me is Benjamin Solak on day two of our wide receiver week in the summer scouting series. We got four more wide receivers that we are talking about today. Ben and I breaking out the scouting notebook, giving you our pros and cons for what we see for each one of these receivers who are draft eligible this year as they go into what might be their final college football season. So a little bit of a preseason thoughts. We're going to be looking at what they've done so far, the players that they've already put out on tape and some areas where they can get better as well, where they can shake up shake up in the rankings. The four guys that we're looking at today, we've got Traylon Burks from Arkansas. We've got David Bell from Purdue, Drake London from USC, and then George Pickens from the University of Georgia. George Pickens. Four very good football players in many different ways, which stacks up well with the four guys that we talked about on Monday's episode of the podcast. And so, man... We ended Monday saying that this wide receiver class was already looking good. We're eight guys in, and I can uh, confirm that that is the case. So I'm very excited to get to these guys, talk about what we really love about them. But Ben, before we get to that, I once again must remind everyone that I am contractually obligated to ask, how are you, my friend? Everything is delicious. The funniest thing that's ever happened is Aaron Rodgers making the Green Bay Packers trade for Randall Cobb. That is simply the funniest thing that's ever happened. That feels like this whole, the the Aaron Rodgers-Randall Cobb thing feels like Aaron was trying to get the upper hand on management. It just, it feels like this giant power trip, doesn't it? Like the whole Do you time, remember it when just Rocket, feels like do you a remember, power trip. Listen, when the Guardians of the Galaxy are breaking out of the the I can't remember what the name of the floating jail is called um, in the first Guardians movie. And Rocket is like, all right, I need like this battery. I need that. I need that guy's leg. And then Peter goes and buys <laughs> that guy's leg and comes back. He's like, I have the leg. And Rocket's like, you got that? Like, that was a joke. I mean, you're an idiot. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Rocket Raccoon. That guy's prosthetic leg? That's not Randall bad, Cobb. actually. That's it's a not perfect bad. metaphor. And if you haven't seen the first Guardians movie, you have to see it to understand it. But literally, it's, I want to see if I can make them do this for my own entertainment, slash I also kind of want it. And, because Rocket obviously has this thing about stealing people's prosthetics. And the Packers are like, fine, we'll trade for Randall Cobb, whatever. And Rogers is just like right now, like in his inner circles being like, I made them trade for Randall Cobb. I feel ah! like I feel like Rogers the whole time was like super pissed. And then he was like, I might retire. But then like he was never really going to retire. And the Packers are calling his bluff. And here we are at the end of the road. Like he's got to make a decision to show up for camp. And Rogers realizes that he is not going to command the power that he thought that he was going to. And then he was like, fine, I'll show up for camp. But only if you trade for Randall Cobb. And they're like, f- f- oh, fine, okay. Like, that the literally yes. doesn't matter. Fine. And Rodgers was like, ha-ha, see, told you, got him. I got him in the palm of my hand. I made him trade for Randall yeah. Cobb. Brian Goon- Absolutely hilarious. Brian Goonkins had this amazing quote uh, where he said, uh, Rodgers is giving the same amount of input uh, as he always have. It's just that we're... we're um, I think he said like we're like consuming it differently or we're like, you know, uh, integrating it differently or whatever, which is basically saying he's giving more input because you can't say he's giving the same input he always has. And we're just listening to it more. That means he's giving more input just de facto. Uh, but that right, that sensation of like 
we are trading for Randall Cobb so that we can tell Aaron Rodgers that we listen to listen, him. Listen to him, right. And he has the same power as like all these other guys. Like that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Like, that's that's the whole point. And it's just absolutely hilarious that everybody knows that that's what it is. And we're all still just like, yeah, Packers trade for Randall Cobb. Look, Middle of two days before training camp. Sick. Give it like give it one two game losing streak in the middle of the season for the Packers. And we're going to see Clay Matthews, Jordy Nelson, BJ Raji, Eddie Lacy. They're all coming back, baby. Well, Donald Driver. Yeah, yeah, they're all coming back. I'm not even sure that Rodgers played that much with Bubba. doesn't matter. James Jones. They're all coming back. I can't wait until, like, there's the article about, like, the fact that Amari Rodgers just never got a chance to develop ever. (laughs) Because freaking Aaron Rodgers wouldn't let Randall Cobb leave the field. Just completely nuking the earliest wide receiver pick that the Packers have made in the last few years. Damn. I didn't even think about it like that. Well, we're not here to reminisce about old Packers players, although we probably could for quite a while. We are actually going to talk about these four wide receivers. And Ben, is there a guy amongst the players that I named that you really want to start with today as we look at their uh, their pro outlook here? Uh, Let's start with George Pickens because it's sad. Okay. Um, All right. George Pickens, Georgia wide receiver, extremely good football player. Really, really fun to watch. Six foot three, 200, 205 yeah, is like what I would put him at. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tore his ACL in the offseason. Uh, so in like he March, is a, didn't he? It was, it, was yeah. something, it was something like mid-spring. It wasn't good. He is extremely a question to play in this upcoming junior season, which is a huge deal for a, a Georgia passing game, which needs him. Uh, I think that... Kiaris Jackson is an interesting little slot. Uh, number seven, who's that really good freshman, I think has some talent, could take a step forward. Uh, but Pickens has very clearly been their dominant target when he's on the field. Uh, he is a extremely uh, impressive catch radius and adjustment player who regularly makes catches away from his frame, survives the ground, survives contact, survives the sideline uh, with a very nice blend of body awareness, uh, functional strength, hand strength is very impressive. He has releases off the line of scrimmage against press, which is important. So he's able to get his vertical stacks when he doesn't, he knows how to work back shoulder. So that, that detailed uh, knowledge, those skills that come from being a vertical third receiver, being a vertical, uh, a nine route receiver, he's developed and he's got some, the natural tools to help him develop those skills. Uh, as far as it's very interesting, right? Because we're going to talk about like Drake London, who's six foot four in today. And we're talking about like Traylon Burks, who's, who's six, one, six, two, David Bell from Purdue. Who's what's he's six, one, right? No. Who is, who, what are you saying? Paul's David Bell. Let's see. Six, one, six, two. Uh, yeah, yeah, six, okay. Yeah. All right. Purdue has him listed at six. Two. Yes. I yeah, don't right. think he's six, two. So we're going to talk about all these six foot plus guys. Right. Pickens is really the only one of the three who I would say has a very clear and established success as this outside vertical receiver, which is you, which is odd for some of these taller players. Um, but the the elevation ability plus the length plus the body control, uh, the the um the coordination to be able to make these catches, especially through contact at odd angles, adjusting the inaccurate balls. He's played with so many different quarterbacks. He's played with a couple quarterbacks who have really weak arms as well. So he's had to fight back for these footballs and, and adjust late. Very, very impressive stuff. Uh, absolutely gives me some Denzel Mims vibes in terms of how he succeeds down the field. Uh, body typing, and I think athletically as well. That, that's that's a steep comparison, but I do think that he he can produce athletically at a 80%, 85% of Denzel Mims sort of testing. Mm-hmm. So he very much gives me that that vibe. 
the fact that he has his ACL injury sucks um, because he does have good quickness. He does have solid cuts when he's on these breaking routes. Those need to come back after the ACL as well as the vertical explosiveness for him to continue winning the way that he has. And I'm not sure we're going to get that proof this year. And if he comes out right now off the injury, say he's 100% recovered, but it's just off of his sophomore and freshman season film, Mm -hmm. 2019-2020, I'm not sure he's shown enough frequently, consistently, game in and game out to be a three-level threat, to be a first-round pick at wide receiver. He certainly has that ability. He certainly has that talent. And I think with another season, we could get him there, especially if he's playing with a guy like JT Daniels, but he's missing that opportunity this year. And so a very difficult uh, uh, position for George Pickens. Like right now, if George Pickens camp asked me, like, all right, should he come out? I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like it's that's a very hard conversation for me to have right now because I think he's a fringe first-round wide receiver given what you have already seen and what you can project but I'm not sure he's there yet, and I do think if he had another year under his belt, he could solidify that role, so it's tough. We have watched eight wide receivers so far. We've watched Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, John Mechie, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, David Bell, and George Pickens. I think George Pickens is the most talented wide receiver we've watched yet. I really do. I talented. Think, huh? Talented. Yes, I think that George wide Pickens... I am not going to give away the Thursday episode that we are going to record, but I will say here and now that George, I think that George Pickens is the most talented wide receiver we have because he is a former five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, and he was, I mean, the, 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 the talent that he had coming out of high school, I mean, nobody really could deny. He was a, a massive Auburn fan, actually, and he was committed to Auburn. I think he has an Auburn tattoo, even. And, That's extremely funny. Did and, not know that. And now, and now, obviously, he goes to Georgia. But he went to Georgia, and, and it's not like, oh, okay, we're going to ease this kid in. <laughs> George Pickens was like the focal point of the passing offense in 2019. George Pickens. As as a as a true freshman 18-year-old. Now, there are concerns with him being a little bit too emotional and needed to kind of like hone things in and make sure that he's controlled a little Who bit more. Who was the guy he spat water on? That was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I don't know. I, I do not approve, and that's not good, and you'd be responsible on the sideline, but it was also really freaking funny. I, I don't remember what that was. I, I don't remember who that was, but he also, like, he's gotten into, he he got into a fight uh, and got ejected, I think, two years ago. He had a handful of personal fouls as well, his his true freshman season, that were kind of just, like, reactionary penalties, and so, you know, like, he's he's got to be a little bit less of a hothead, like, he's got to hone it in a little bit, but, you know, some players are emotional, and that's kind of how they kind of, like, get into their talent, they get into the zone, so you don't want to just, like, take that away from him too much, but he does have to be a little bit more more controlled, make sure that he's not hurting his team, but, man, when he's out there, when he's focused, I have I have yet to see a wide receiver who, who brings more to the table than he does. The way that he moves at six foot three, 200 five pounds which is ideal like what you would want for a wide receiver that could play basically any alignment that you would want it's it's explosive I think that he has the size the speed the strength to be able to do whatever you want you know you throw him a 50 50 ball at the sideline he's coming down with it you you lead him a little too far he's leaping and diving putting the body on the line grabbing it he's got wonderful feet when it comes to him going to the sidelines making the most out of small uh small catch situations I guess I'll say you could use him in a variety of different ways. I think he's awesome, man. I think he's a complete wide receiver. 
I don't think that he's limited size-wise. I don't think he's limited strength-wise. I don't think he's limited athletically at all. He's got strong hands to come down with the ball when it comes to yeah. deep passes deep down the sideline or over the middle. This is a true focal point kind of a weapon. When I see George Pickens and how he has been used at Georgia over the last two years as just an 18, 19-year-old, they have given this guy the full table of what they are willing to have in the passing game. And, you know, Georgia, this, this is a school that... Yeah, I think Throw the football, baby. Pass I mean, it all over the field. Here we go. I mean, they're passing the ball a little bit more over the last couple of years, but, like, this is a heavy run-the-ball kind of team. And, you know, when you have running backs like Nick Chubb and like Sony Michelle and uh, guys like... Uh, Zamir White and 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 uh, James Cook, like you just have you have so many running backs that you could go to and that you could rely on. But when they decided to pass the ball over the last two years, it was George Pickens as they were going to, and he delivered for them time and time again. He looked absolutely unstoppable against a handful of defenses over the last two years, and it's it, it is it, when I look at potential ceiling and what these players could be. I think that this is a wide receiver one at the next level. Whether he or not he achieves He's got that, ability. Yeah. whether he whether he achieves that is to be seen. And I think a lot would have laid on the shoulders of this year. But unfortunately, is his ACL injury that now we have to take into account as well. But from what I've watched over the last two years, that's a wide receiver one in the NFL. My favorite uh, George Pickens, George Pickens play is uh, against Cincinnati when they were playing in the Peach Bowl on. Uh, Kobe Bryant, who is a uh, a draft eligible uh, corner for the the Bearcats, pretty good players, presses him up and basically Wait, his name is Kobe Bryant. Are you sure? Yeah. C O B Y. Kobe Bryant. Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh. So he 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 pretty much locks him up. Uh. At the line of scrimmage, they're in like the 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 twelve fifteen, so they're in the red zone, but they're not like deep inside, and they're trying to get George Pickens on the back shoulder fade up against the pylon, and. Bryant presses him, right? Uh, Pickens had a little up and down, up and down game there, but Bryant gets connected, stems, uh, uh, kills his stem. Daniels has already made the throw because there was some pressure. Ball gets picked off in the end zone. This is the Peach Bowl. Cincinnati's up. Cincinnati's super motivated, and he gets the pick. Pickens gets a hand around Bryant's waist. They're still stuck in the end zone. Throws the Tillman punch flawlessly. Pops this ball out. Fumble in the end zone. Absolutely, 100%, by the way, knows he popped it out. This was a very dramatic created fumble, but proceeds to put his second arm around Kobe Bryant's waist. And then just what, what's what's the wrestling move where you like sit behind a guy, you pick him up, and you like throw him backwards. That one just throws him onto the ground like five yards away from where the ball's actually being recovered, which ends up being recovered by somebody from Cincinnati. But Pickens just, are right, you going to pick it off? I'm going to force a fumble and then throw you to the ground to get, I think he gets flagged for it. I can't remember. But he's, like, sure not allowed, he would. You're not allowed to like disconnect people from the ground at college. But anyway, moral of the story is, all right, pick it off. Sure, pick it off. If you're going to beat me on a rep, I'm literally going to throw you to the floor. Like, all right, we got a, we got a, a, a competitor on our hands. Yep. A lot of that Georgia team was kind of, Sleeping for three and a half quarters against Cincinnati. Uh, George Pickens was not. Dude, and, and yeah, I, yeah, I feel like he never is because he never has to because he yeah. knows he can dominate every opponent. So he's, yeah, yeah, he's a lot of fun. He's extremely good. And uh, I, I like him a lot as a wide receiver. Let's talk about, let's talk about Drake London next. Can we? Can we do Drake London? You mind? I figured you would. Okay. Drake London. Six foot five. That's right. You Hell. heard me right. Six foot five, finally. 210 pounds. Four-star recruit. Here's a fun fact about Drake London. Wide receiver at USC. So he plays a position where you might hear the 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 play-by-play guy or the color guy go, you know, he comes from a basketball background. But Drake London was actually really great at basketball in high school. I found his stats. Um, 
when he was playing in his senior season of basketball, he averaged 29 points and 11 rebounds. Well, he averaged a double double hey. as <laughs> as a senior, a 30 point double double. He also, uh, yeah, right. He also played. I, well, played is is a generous word. He was on USC's basketball team, so he played for their football team in 2019. And then he played for their basketball team in 2020. He didn't really have a lot of action, but he was on the team. I think he got a couple of rebounds late into some of the contests. But yeah, I mean, like he was a, he was a dual sport athlete even going into USC because he really enjoys playing that much. And so I thought that that a lot of people were going to say like, "Oh, he's big. Like, oh, he boxes out. He's got the basketball background." But this dude was actually a stud at basketball, good enough to play uh, for the Trojans basketball team too. So I uh, just wanted to give you that little intro. But what did you think of Drake London? Yeah, you can see the 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 rebounding background isn't hard to see because he very much attacks the ball. And uh, listeners of the show will know how I feel about his quarterback, Keenan Slovis, who I didn't, didn't super enjoy watching. Uh, doesn't have the strongest arm. And so a lot of times London, they run him on a lot of intermediate breaking routes. So he's horizontal, moving parallel to the line of scrimmage. Um, and that ball will come and it'll be a little light. It'll be a little slow, be a little behind him. And so it's important that he works back to the ball and catches at extension, right, away from his face mask. And he does that. And that's rebounding, right? It's you're going to go get the ball at its peak. You're going to go get the ball away from your body and then protect it as you come back down into the ground, right? And so he has that very clear. I did not know that he played. I figured he's six foot five. He played basketball in high school. I didn't know how successful he was, but it's not hard to see. Yeah, the, the the basketball background. Now it's a very important thing to note about London from the jump. Six foot five to what fifteen? They got him listed as I would guess. I think it's like two ten, but I actually yeah. I have it written down as two ten. Let me see. USC Drake London. What is USC? Two oh nine is what they got him listed yeah, as. So, right, I think it's about two fifteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh six five two two ten. He plays the slot. Yeah, he does. He's he's full yeah. big slot. He's one hundred percent. And so if you think about how like the Steelers were using Chase Claypool but like none of the sometimes occasionally on the outside reps. And this, this was like kind of the beginning of the year Steelers with Chase Claypool because eventually they, they, they kind of put him more on the outside. Humongous, right? Like, you know, quote unquote flex Y sort of a player out of the slot working a ton of breaking routes. And they used London as a possession receiver. Uh, third and four. Let's start at the giant guy with humongous mitts who doesn't miss. Right. Uh, and that was quite successful for them. Because if you can get a semi-accurate pass towards Drake London, he's going to catch the majority of them, and he's going to catch through contact as well. Very strong hands, and he's used to those collisions. Uh, with that said, you know he's not a particularly like you. He's not like a uniquely good breaker for six five through ten. It's not like he's like snapping it routes. So you're like, holy Moses! No, he he plays up right. He doesn't have a lot of uh, knee bend or hip I sync. I think he's smooth for a six five guy though. All right, I, I think I think he knows where to put his feet. Right, yeah, I think okay, I, that's you know, he understands like all right, like I'm just going to speed cut everything because. That's how I'm going to be able to be successful. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's simply to say that I don't see him as like a uh, – uh, like it's not like uh, you watch him move and you go, wait, let's put this guy in the slot. Like This is, this is crazy. We can do this because of the way he can work the steps of his Browns and anything. And he doesn't – I don't really see that. And so a little bit of it is is the, the players that I suppose they already had in hand. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Tyler Vaughns, and, and, and they already had those guys on the outside. And then, so we put one on the inside, and like I said, they – use him well as a possession receiver and he kept multiple drives alive for them as a seam runner against two high defenses i mean the touchdown against arizona state is a great example right he just wins a race against a linebacker slovis just puts the ball somewhere catchable and 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 tells drake london you know what i mean go go make this tough catch at full speed and he does so he has like they, they run good routes and they use him well for that role but it's surprising to see him in that role and so when i brought up george pickens 6'3 200 
all of the reps you could ever want to see of a guy making catches up against the sideline. Well, Drake London's 6'5", 210. If he's going to stick in the NFL and succeed, he needs to be able to win against the sideline. He needs to be able to win as an outside receiver. And there's very, very little film of him against press. And there's very, very little film of him making uh, nine ball, nine route adjustments and nine ball catches up yep. against the sideline with the safety coming in. Those reps really don't exist. Like I said, he's always moving horizontal. He's always moving parallel relative to the line of scrimmage. We don't really see as many of those vertical opportunities. So right now, the role in college does not match the projected role for the NFL. Uh, if London does get drafted by a team to be like that big slot sort of a guy, that's not a very highly drafted position. That's a wide receiver three. That's 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 a maybe day two pick because of the the potential of making him better. You do wonder what USC is going to maybe do with him, given the success that they had. I don't envision them feeling motivated to really force to this guy on the outside, right. especially with a quarterback who, let's be honest, is not really going to throw that ball very much, even right. if it is it's, Drake London. It's, it is a lot more advantageous to Keaton Slovis yeah. to keep Drake London Absolutely. in between the numbers. And so I worry that we're going to sit here and say, I think London has a nice projection to an ex-receiver role in the NFL, and that could get him drafted highly. Right. That's how I feel right now. Right. I feel, I feel very worried that in seven months I'm going to sit right here and say, Drake London has a good projection to be an ex receiver in the NFL, but we haven't seen it in college. We didn't see it this year, and we're mm-hmm. still projecting it, and that's going to make it tough for him to ascend to the top of this class. So I think that he's got the strength, and he's got the hand size, and he's got the adjustment ability, and he's got the toughness that you'd like for a 6'5", guy. I still want to check some boxes in terms of elevation and ball adjustment, but I think I can with another year of film. The thing is, he's just going to be doing it in such a different role than the one that's going to be in the NFL. And that's going to make it tough to draft him early because you're going to expect a long onboarding process and you're inviting some risk because you haven't seen him play that at the college level. Tricky player to figure out. Yeah, and, you know, if it's a little bit more of a projection for him, like you said, like if you look at the body type, if you look at how strong he is, if you look at how he can do contested catches, and um, if, if you project him to be an X player, that's fine. You just also have to be honest with the learning curve. You have to be honest with the fact that he's going to go up against press coverage for the first time in a long time, maybe the first time really, at, of course, at this level where it actually matters. So I, I think that that's fine. Like If you hear people, like Ben said, seven months from now say, I think that Drake Lund can be a really nice X receiver at the second level, or at, at the pro level, I should say. You are allowed to say that, and you are allowed to have that projection. And you could even be right. But you just have to be okay with the learning curve. Like, you've got to be okay basically punting his first year. And when he really struggles and maybe doesn't get a lot of production his first year, maybe halfway through his second year as well, you got to be okay with that. Because it's almost like he's learning a totally different role that you're right. He's probably not going to play at USC. Now, I want to get out ahead of this one because I think that I jokingly said this, what was it, last week, two weeks ago, whatever, where we brought up Drake London's name. I think it was two weeks ago because it was when we were talking about Keaton Slovis. And I said, I, I just brought up the words Mike Evans. And after doing so, upon review, I, re- I, I realized that I was mainly joking at the time because I don't think we should really compare anybody to Mike Evans because he's kind of a freak. That comp is going to be a little bit detrimental, I think. So, like, I don't even want to joke about that anymore because you're going to look at a player like Tyler Drake London. Is very, 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 very discounted. <laughs> <laughs> We're right. all out here making comps in the month of July that we do not want repeated. So it is funny because I watched Drake London's tape and then I actually went and I, I rewatched some of Mike Evans' tape. And Evans is 
his Texas A&M tape was just unbelievable at attacking vertically. He was such an incredible both outside receiver and inside receiver at just getting up and going. And Evans is fast. Like, Evans is really athletic for a player of his size, not just height, but also weight as well. Drake London is not that kind of player. He is not Mike Evans athletic. At least, I didn't think so watching what what he has put on tape so far. However, one thing that Mike Evans didn't do that well at Texas A&M, certainly didn't do consistently, and hasn't really done consistently in the NFL, is yards after catch. He's just never been that guy. And for a player who is as athletic as Mike Evans is, I've always felt that he leaves more meat on the bone than he needs to on a per-catch basis, especially when he's getting vertical, when it comes to getting yards after the catch. There are so many times when I remember Mike was playing with Jameis in Tampa where Mike would just get a pass over the middle, whether it was a slant or just like a 10-yard in or a post or whatever it was, and he would get the ball over the middle, but while catching it, he would be sliding to the ground. Like he would, like that would be like his motion to catch the football. And it's like, Mike, nobody was within five yards of you. What do you (laughs) run, 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 like get the yards after the catch. And that's something that I've always felt like Mike, it's been absent from Mike Evans game. Holy crap. Is that not absent from Drake London's game? This dude will catch the football and then we'll take on an entire country's army to just get an extra third, three yards. Like he this is a yards after the catch guy. And maybe that's has a big, to be in this role. Yeah. Maybe that I was going to say that's a big reason why they love putting him in the middle, putting him in the slot, allowing him to have space because they know that this guy's never going to shy away from getting extra yards after contact. So, big tall receiver, has the ability to win at the catch point, isn't the fastest guy in the world, but as Ben said, knows how to, you know, speed turn a lot of his routes, so it looks like he's still carrying his momentum as he's getting in and out of his breaks, which mostly stay vertical uh, or straight horizontal. It's one of the two. It's not like he's getting really complex with different angles, like a 45-degree cut on a post route or something like that. It's, it's, it's normally things that are going to be able to keep his momentum going, whether it's horizontal or vertical. I'm not so sure that he's dominantly athletic. However really great attitude after the catch is always going to work for those extra yards. And I think the coach is going to love that too. So very interesting player. Honestly, I I don't know where to project him right now because of what he's playing at USC and where he could play in the NFL. I think we're going to hopefully answer some more questions about that. Even if it's be more confident in a transition to more of a sideline X receiver role this coming year, because he is going to be Keaton Slovis's go-to guy this year. So he's going to get plenty of action. Yeah, I, um, the other thing that I learned, this is so unrelated. The other thing I learned doing work for Drake London was, uh, you know, I think everybody who watches Drake London is going to catch a little bit of Brew McCoy out of the corner of their eye. Uh, Brew McCoy was a, I think, five-star, maybe four-star, I'm pretty sure five-star uh, wide receiver recruit who was committed to USC and then flipped to Texas and then flipped back to USC. He's now a rising redshirt sophomore. He's much more so of like a, if he figures it all out, sort of a guy. Uh, you know, so eligible this year, but it would be a big, you know, it would obviously be a very big, um, big jump forward for him to become a part of the, uh, the, the wide receiver conversation. I learned his first name is Horace. His name is Horace McCoy. And his nickname is Brew. People called him Bruiser. And I was just like, dang. Does it hurt? Brew does McCoy. It, does that hurt the stock? Yes. Is it, listen, he is a handsome dude. He's like 6'3, 220. Brew McCoy got a lot of USC magic around him, a lot of good vibes, looking like a football player. 
Horace. Dude, Hor- dude, Horace Grant, four-time NBA champ, dude. What do you mean? Horace McCoy. Horace Grant, four-time all-defensive team. I would also go by Brew if my name were Horace. Wow, this is Horace. Horace Lander. McCoy. I won't, I won't stand for it. Folks, Bet Online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all of the latest news, odds, info for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, football, basketball, NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever it is. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to finally get in on the action. You can head over to their website or use your their mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked on. All caps, one word, locked on. That's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. We got two more wide receivers we're getting to here on day two of the wide receiver summer scouting series coming up after the break. All right, David Bell and Traylon Burke. So the two wide receivers left that we were talking about today. Let's talk about let's talk about David Bell first. We'll leave we'll leave Traylon Burks for, yeah. for last and, and we can talk about David Bell here. So David Bell is Wide receiver at Purdue. He's a junior this season. They've got him listed 6'2", 205. Mm, I don't know about that, Chief. Yeah, He was the Gatorade State Player of the Year in 2018 in high school as a senior. Also a fun fact, he won a state title with his high school basketball team as a junior and then won a state title in football as a senior. This man's got football. This guy, this man's got two state title rings in two different sports. It's unbelievable. So he was often the other wide receiver outside of Rondale Moore during the past two seasons at Purdue. Ben, what'd you think of David Bell? Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, this will play. He's extremely He's very good at everything. And that's the thing that he's he complete. He's a very he's a very natural athlete. He's a very natural he's, wide receiver. He's complete. Uh you got him, you know, running away from cats on deep overs and on deep posts, right? Got the explosiveness, got the second gear. And then the very next deep post he runs, the safety's there, the corners with him stride for stride. He's got to elevate and catch with contact. We'll do that. Run him on a nine ball pattern, right? Quick little play action and just give him that one on one shot. He'll really he'll win on a release with quickness, he'll win on a release with physicality, and then he'll out physical guy down the field, he'll jockey for positioning. You throw him a little drag route, uh, he'll make that first tackler bounce right off him. He'll catch that through contact, turn that up field, get a little explosiveness going, surprise the second guy, right? Get a good angle on him. He'll work back against flow, right? He's got the little uh uh, duck and run against Maryland where he catches the ball in the middle of the field. There's like six Terrapins around him. Just, boop, little squirts out, little quick change <laughs> right, direction. Right. He's just good at everything. What is he elite at? Yeah, man. You and I yeah. saw this. <laughs> you, you and I saw this player exactly the same because this David Bell watch, it's a smooth watch, man. He just get yeah. the the instincts that he has as a wide receiver, as just a, a football player, are fantastic he, he's so good at finding the soft spot in the zone he's so good at at finding ways to annoy corners in man coverage and get like little advantages here and there he's good after the catch he's got decent out tree uh, yeah and he, he brings he brings it all together but at the end of the watch I was I was three or four games in on him and I'm like man I really like this player where's the trump card what does yeah. he do and and so, and I I I I don't want to be too harsh on that because he is a really natural receiver and I'd love to have him on my NFL team as a depth kind of a player. But where are you? Man. What? 
What? You said Depp as if like he's not like a starter. Oh yeah, I I would I was just saying I was like, where do you dominate? Where can I guarantee that you are going to be a difference maker on a singular play? And it's just hard to envision that after you watch David Bell. I am going to say this. I think his track and adjust is elite. I do. I said, where is he elite? I do think his track and adjust is elite. And okay. I think you see I, it. Yeah, sure. I, I could I could agree with that. On because he runs a variety of routes. And I think you see it on that variety of routes. I think you'll see it right down the field. He had that touchdown catch against Illinois where that ball is just absolutely nowhere near where it should be. And David Bell's like, don't worry, I'll just correct this for you. Jumps, undercuts the corner, squeezes by the safety. I think he was down at like the one. Uh, and then you see the touchdown that he had against Iowa uh, is, I want to say it was his freshman year, right? Where he's just like working to the back pylon. The ball's thrown like at the corners and knees. He's like falling backwards and makes the catch like like what with his hips on the ground. He has the touchdown against Nebraska, the catch and run, where they're trying to squeeze a little bang eight post in between the safety and the corner. And again, he just out physicals the corner, gets in front of the safety, makes a catch through contact, keeps his feet, and then opens the gas. I think that his track and adjust and then his ability to make catches at gymnastics positions is elite. Obviously, you you like that more if he's built like Drake London or if he's built like George Pickens, and he's not. I think he's like 6'1", 200, right? But I'm going to say this, and I'm very interested to hear your response because you said, like, you know, you're not, what are you hanging our hat on? Like, it's part of the rotation, whatever. To me, this is a very similar conversation to the one that we had about Justin Jefferson two years ago and about Rashad Bateman last year, where it's these guys are smooth and they're great route runners and they're mm-hmm. awesome in the middle of the field and they're tough as nails and they can make these adjustments and they can do all this little stuff. But it's just like, oh, they're not the biggest and oh, they're good athletes, but they're not amazing athletes. And so, oh, what do you do? Well, Justin Jefferson it challenges for rookie of the year is what he does. And then, I, you know, you and I both think Rashad Bateman's going to be amazing for the Ravens. And these are both end of the first round guys. I think David Bell can be that guy in this class. I think he should be that guy in this class off what I've seen. Mm-hmm. The tricky thing is that, and this is what goes back to what we talked about on Monday, this class is a lot more built with smooth operators than those other classes were. So Jefferson and Bateman stood out relative to Bell where you're putting him up against a guy like a Chris Olave, who is very much in that mold, has just been doing it for longer, has been doing more successful against higher competition, right? And so that does make this a little bit trickier but i think that david bell has that conversation around him similar to we had about justin jefferson and rashad bateman where it's like all right you guys are just good at everything is that a problem and for both those players i would argue no and i think for david bell it's not a problem either Do too much th- no i i'm 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 wrestling with this because i i don't hate it off the bat i mean like i i while you were saying that i was reminded of Justin Jefferson's mock draftable numbers and like where the athleticism was good. He tested above 70% in the major athletic testing when it came to like 40 and vertical and broad. I think that David Bell could do that, but do we do, do we think that David Bell is, do we think that David Bell has that elite of feet and that elite of route running right. that Justin Jefferson did? Because that's what really I would makes say, all the difference. Right, and that's the thing is I would say that like, right, the routes that we were able to see from Justin Jefferson in that Joe Brady offense were more than we got in the Rashad Bateman, Minnesota, uh, P.J. Fleck offense, which is about the amount that we get from, in my opinion, David Bell in the Purdue uh, Jeff Brom offense, right? Where he's like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, 
for David Bell, it's all about getting your break, getting your break, getting your break. This is a rhythm offense. Go, 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 go. There's no like, oh, 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 stop with the step. Meh, meh, meh. Which like people would say like, <laughs> what was that about the step and step? Meh, meh, what was in this? Who like you know just little like oh I'm gonna do my little <laughs> hip fakes and my little you know like like footwork like there's none of that right. And people, if you lest we forget, people asked people were like, is Rashad Bateman really that good of a route runner? And we were all like, yes. It's just he only had to do it like five times, and the rest of the time it was just like bang eight, bang eight, glance, glance, slant, slant, whatever. So I think Bell. I think Bell has that route running ability. I do agree that you got to go and find it because in general, the Purdue offense is like just speed cut this outbreaking route, just speed cut, speed cut, speed cut. And it's, it's, you don't see him get those opportunities as much. All right. Okay. I just don't, I just don't want to get Justin Jefferson. No, I hear you. I hear you're an Eagles fan. I know you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to go through it again. That was unnecessary. Sorry. Sorry. I had to bring it up. Sorry. I just had to do it. Had to do it one time. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to keep that in mind this year, and I think that everybody out there listening should keep that in mind as well because it was, we did come to the same conclusion. We came to the same conclusion with this player. And where did you have Justin Jefferson ranked in your wide receiver rankings? I'm going to look mine yeah. up real quick. Not around one grade. Okay, so you, so you didn't have... Six, so you, seven. Yeah. Okay, so you didn't have Jefferson as a round one player uh trying to find mine can i ask real quick yes uh, sure. who's a better prospect right now rondell moore or david bell uh rondell moore oh but again just because i can i feel like i can trust rondell moore a little bit oh. well actually that's that's probably unfair too i think that rondell moore has has the trump cards of athleticism where david bell does not but there is a lot of uncertainty that goes into rondell moore I think when both fully healthy, when when we got to see both of them fully healthy, I would have told you Rondell Moore. So I think that's why I say that that automatically. But I I was also higher on Rondell Moore, it feels like, than a lot of other people in the industry were Mm -hmm. for last year. So I think that that probably goes into it too. So I had Jerry Judy wide receiver one. I had CeeDee Lamb wide receiver two. I had Henry Ruggs wide receiver three. And then I had Justin Jefferson wide receiver four. My top five were in order: Lamb, Chenault, Judy, Ruggs, Rager, Chenault and then I'm pretty sure I had Jefferson six. I think Chenault was five for me. Chenault's gonna have 1,200 all-purpose yards this year for the Jags, in case you're wondering. <laughs> I was, I was wondering. Thank you for reminding me. Okay, we got one more receiver getting to it. Traylon Burks from Arkansas, who we are both, I think, very excited to talk Speaking about. Speaking of Ben overrating Lavisca Chenault, let's yeah. talk about Traylon Burks. Okay, hold on. Before we get to it, I gotta remind the good people that this episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. You know, if, if you have a problem with your car, whether it's something that you got to fix or it's an upgrade that you want to make, there's there's no sense just going to your local auto parts store. I mean, they're, they're not going to have the exact part that you're looking for in the store. It's just, it, it's impossible to think that that would be the case. And so they're just going to sit there. They're going to be like, oh, okay, you need this part. We're going to order it online for you. Why don't you just order it online yourself? Cut out the middleman. Do that over at rockauto.com. Their catalog is really easy to navigate. You go to rockauto.com right on the left side. You can find your exact vehicle and you can find all the parts that they have in there for it. If you don't see exactly what you're looking for, you can call them. They've got fantastic customer service. They'll be able to help you out. Uh, If you end up talking to them, let them know the Locked On NFL Draft sent you. That would really help Ben and I out. They've got an amazing selection, reliably low prices. It's also another very important thing. All the car parts that you were ever going to need online for you to cut out the middleman over at rockauto.com. Traylon Burks, coming up next. Arkansas wide receiver Traylon Burks. Ben's been waiting for this moment for a long time. He's a true, I think he's a true junior or a true junior. He's got the junior label to him one way or the other. Six foot four. 225 pounds. Who's got him listed at six foot four? Uh, who had him at six foot four? 
Arkansas's got him six three. All right, fine. Six foot three. What, what is Arkansas? Did Arkansas have him two twenty five? Yeah. All right, six three, two twenty five. Healthy young man. Four star recruit. Played both linebacker and wide receiver in high school. <laughs> also played basketball and baseball in high school, along with, of course, football. So this dude was a four-star recruit playing both sides of the ball and two other sports. <laughs> this dude, the healthy young just, man. I mean, but it's such a great intro into the kind of unique athlete that he is at his size. He ended up choosing Arkansas over LSU, Clemson, Florida State, led the Razorbacks in receiving as a true freshman it's a good football player, Ben. This is just this. This is it. Traylon Burks is not healthy for me, man. This is the sort of player that I'm just like, yep, yeah, I'll risk it all. I don't care. Freaking, they motion him into the backfield and then would use him on like speed option, triple option sort of stuff. Instead of like him having him be like a pitch option, they'd have him Felipe Franks like overhand throw it, but it's like it's the same functional thing. He's getting the ball like six yards behind the line of scrimmage. They use him as like a split zone blocker, and then they'll run the play action off the split zone, just throw it to him in the flat. And they're just like, hey, do you want to go be like really big and angry over there? And he'll be like, yeah, yeah. And then they'll give him the ball back. Like, I'm big and angry. And then he just, he's so physical. The funniest thing is watching him watch an in breaking route, watching him run an in breaking route. No interest whatsoever. I mean, like, I'm going to, you know, head fake. and I'm going to, you know, do a little quick, like, rocker step. And I'm going to make the corner, stomp his feet, and then I'm going to break across his face. And it runs directly into him, shoves him, and then turns. Hilarious. Absolutely. And it works because he's huge. Are you familiar with his gloves? I, th- that he wears them? No. Traylon Burke's hands. I've seen reports that they are uh, 10 and a quarter, and I've seen 10 and three quarters. So... They're over 10 inches, which is humongous for a wide receiver. He has to get, they have to specially order five XL gloves because they don't order that size for like skill position gloves. They order like only for like offensive linemen and they didn't have any for Burks. And like, he was like, I kept putting the four XL ones on and like my hands would like start poking out the end of the gloves and I would start breaking them by the end of the week. So they had to start ordering him new gloves. He's got humongous mitts. He's got great the arm mitts. Length. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Young man's got pluckies. And he just, he's so stinking strong when he puts his hands on you. So, like, this doesn't matter, but, like, as, like, a blocker, right? Like, it's just, like, he's so impressive. Then he is explosive. There's no two ways about it. When you watch him catch the ball and then corners and safeties and linebackers come down, they're like, I generally understand how fast Traylon Burks is, and then he will just win the corner on them consistently. And when he activates that offhand, or when he activates that off shoulder, and he's able to win with some of that physicality, some of that contact balance, because he's built like a freaking running back, then you get him constantly creating dirty yardage, constantly creating yardage after the catch, yards after contact, because he's way, way, way better at winning that corner and breaking angles. You saw it at the large old Miss catch and run you start against the lsu catch and run where he's catching the ball on the sidelines and a safety comes in and just gets absolutely blown out in a five yard ten yard box it's because burke's pickup is legit he can accelerate and then he, he carries it fairly well i think he's he's clocked somewhere like mid four fours which again if you're carrying 225 is like awesome right yes yes so physical uh 
great yards after the catch. His instincts as a runner. He's got elusiveness. He's got explosiveness. He does have some track and adjustability. Uh, you saw the, the tremendous catch against Ole Miss, right? The, 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 the touchdown in the back corner. You don't really see him used as a vertical threat in contested catch situations that much because of the role. He's a slot receiver much like Drake London is, and they like to use him underneath and then let him create afterwards. But you do see all of that. He is stiff as a board. And that is just the one he's, thing. That, he's big. He's yeah, big. Right. And that's the thing. It's just, it's the one thing that you're going to have to swallow is like, I would love to be like, he's AJ Brown. You know what I mean? Just like this, like really dominant big slot in college who just like can win with, with all these, these underneath catches and then create after the catch. He's faster than people realize he is like, that all sounds like AJ Brown. I would love to tell you he's LaVisca Chenault because I love LaVisca Chenault. And then Chenault could run routes. He could snap people off and he would win with the surprising explosiveness. And he had running back instincts. It's just those guys could swivel. And I'm just not sold to Burke's can. And I, it's like, it's very funny. It's a little bit DK Metcalf. He's so big and he's so strong and he's so fast that you're like, all right, he, he, he can like be elusive. And then you watch him try to turn a corner and you're like, oh my God, like how? Yeah, but he yeah, but he's got the, he got the Jets though, right? Is it he's he's got the explosion and he, he works the offhand, which is just like Metcalf, right? Like Metcalf could like win the corner on guys, but he's doing it with the ancillary tools and he's not doing it because he can like bend at an angle to the ground. Uh, and so Burks, I have a tweet right, every year, right at the end of a draft, I tweet my bold prediction for next year's draft like 363 days in advance. Mm-hmm. My tweet was that Traylon Burks would be wide receiver one. Oh like, wow! Be, yeah, I do, and and that was off of like not having seen anybody. The more I watch the class, the not as good I feel about that. Um, I do think he'd be highly valued. I do think he's a great chance to be a round one wide receiver, especially if he stays healthy, because the the he's such a unique player. Uh, and, and for guys who are heavy motion teams, he's going to be so valuable. If you imagine him on a, a San Francisco, on a, a Los Angeles, on a Green Bay, being used in that jet role, but then being able to take those catches and really generate explosives off them, that's so exciting. It's just I am so worried that he's just going to run like a – Seven five three cone, uh, and that's just gonna be so tough for no no no, uh, no don't yeah. don't run one, just don't run Listen, one. A, learn, look, learn AJ, from DK. look, AJ didn't run one, DK didn't run one, Lavisca didn't run one. I'm here to tell you, DK absolutely ran a three cone. Oh, did he? Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, you're right. Yes. You're right. You're right. And he ran a seven three three, yeah, and that's the whole point. Yeah, you're right. Um, right, you're right, you're right. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot. So I I I, really I forgot. Like I forgot it. about the flame fest that was DK's three cone. Yeah, yeah. Right. And he's the sort of guy that I absolutely fall for. Um, is the sort of of, of of mold of prospect that I love. He's a huge bass fisherman. Love Traylon Burks. <laughs> oh, and uh, Traylon, his first NIL deal was with PetSmart, right? I believe it was. Was it? Yeah. His dog? Yeah, and, he, and he's like going oh, to, I love this guy. To, to help all the doggos. Yeah, I think so. Hold on, let me, let me confirm this. Traylon Burks. Petsmart. Wait, that's Trey Knox. That's Arkansas. Trey Knox was partnered with PetSmart. Oh man! Wow, liar. Close to similar names though. Trail. I, I Trey Knox also might yeah. be good. But I anyways. love Trey Burks. I just wonder if there's going to be a big red flag that teams are going to have trouble looking by. Yeah. So, you know, Lavisca was a second round pick. AJ Brown was a second round pick. It just feels mm-hmm. like Traylon Burks is going to be a second round pick, and I think that he's going to be a really damn good second round pick. But I don't. I don't know if he's going to get up into that first round range. He's fun. He's uniquely athletic for his size. There's no doubt about it. The agility is, yeah. I mean, like he, he's he's rounding out all the speed outs and he's rounding out how he gets up and in, into the sideline. I think it's Georgia on the deep out. We we're just like, brother, how many steps are you going to take? Oh uh, yes. no! And, and I watched it a hundred times, just it, crying. Right. And it's you know you've you've got to be able to 
not nitpick what's not going to be there, right? And, and I think that you can't sit here and we've talked about this many times before. You can't expect him to move like players that are smaller. You know, you mentioned LaVisca Sinault and A.J. Brown, right? Those two players had similar weight profiles as Traylon Burks does, right? They were all right around 225 pounds, but A.J. Brown's about six feet tall, barely under 6'1". Uh, LaVisca Chenault's barely 6'1". This dude's just bigger. Traylon Burks is like 6'3", 6'4". You're just, you're those, just... Guys were, those guys were like 215, too. Like, they weren't full 225ers. No, I... Uh, oh, okay. So, I don't know what they were when they were playing. I have their combine measurables right. here. AJ... Yeah, I mean, like, Burks, Burks is, like, listed and listed on game days as, like, 232. You know what I mean? Like, he's playing bigger than Brown and Chenault. Right, he's, he's just... And, and he's not going to be that. But that yeah. doesn't mean that his skill set isn't good. Just because he's not, just because he's not exactly, you know, like we love comps, and just because he's not exactly AJ Brown, because he's not exactly Lavisca Chenault, doesn't mean that that similar mold, just a little bit bigger, more of a plus size dude, doesn't mean that he can't have a can't have a place in the NFL, can't be a, a unique mismatch kind of a player, a guy that you can move all around. Right now, I tell you that Traylon's going to be a second-round pick, and he's going to be a guy that a lot of people are going to like, and you're going to see Traylon Traylon Burke's name come up across the draft ticker, and whatever team is going to, you're going to be like, oh, I love that pick. So great. Great. I do think he's going to have a lot of fans because it's easy to see how you really like him for a player his size being that athletic. He's just not going to bend like everybody else because he's not supposed to. God didn't make him that way. Just the way it is. I just want to draft Traylon Burks and just give him the ball with an average depth. I just want to give him the Debo Samuel depth of target. Just give him the Debo 2.2, baby. 2.2. Just go run over some kids. You're like, yeah, no worries. He's a running back playing wide receiver, and I just love it. Sure. Yeah, why not? I'm okay with that. How about you just put him at running back? Just make him a running back. Put him on the backfield. Listen, a smart team is going to absolutely... I mean, Arkansas does it. Arkansas will motion him into the backfield. (laughs) Yeah, they will. And then motion the running back out of the backfield. Ergo, Traylon Burks is the running back. Ergo. All right, we're getting to as many wide receivers as we could possibly get to in our next episode. We've got eight down. I don't know. I'd like to get around 15 watch, so try to double up our numbers here. Try to get to as many eyeballs as we can on as many of these guys as we can because you guys have already been tweeting at us, messaging us with some names that you want us to talk about, some guys that you really want us to get into, and we will try. We will try to get to as many as possible on the next episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Until then, you guys keep it locked right here. Unlocked on NFL Draft.